What entertainment medium can possibly resist the online digital tidal wave? Among the fallen formats and experiences are records for music and theaters for film. Is there any hope for books? Welcome to Copyright Clarence's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. Ebook sales are no longer a fast-growing portion of the book business. There are obvious suspects for underlying causes, but now a respected industry analyst has put forth a theory that so-called digital fatigue is the hidden ebook killer. Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer, joins me every Friday with the latest news in publishing, and he has more on this curious diagnosis. Welcome back to Beyond the Book, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. So, so indeed, we have talked a lot on the show about lagging ebook sales from the major publishers. And in Monday's upcoming issue of PW, you've got a survey that looks at what could be playing a role, and you point the finger at digital fatigue. Tell us more. Yeah, so just as you say, we've had a lot of various reports about the decline in ebook sales for traditional publishers uh, in 2015 compared to 2014, and so far in the beginnings of 2016. But no one report has really reported or pointed to a clear reason for the drop in ebook sales, though many of us seem to have our theories. So into this fray rides Peter Hildick Smith, founder of the Codex Group, who has devoted a recent survey on book buyer shopping preferences to look into the ebook question. And based on almost 5,000 responses to his April survey, Hildick Smith's conclusion is that ebook sales erosion is a combination of digital fatigue and the limitation of the reading device user experience. But moreover, Hildick Smith believes that based on the data that he's seeing, rather than rebounding anytime soon, that ebook sales are going to continue to fall for the major publishers. So among some of his key findings, uh, while book buyers state that they spent almost five Five hours of personal time on screens a day, whether that's a smartphone or a tablet, an e-reader or a computer, 25% of book buyers, including 37% of 18 to 24-year-olds, which is a key demographic, actually want to spend less time on their digital devices. And since consumers have the option to read books in print, well, that's what they're doing. But what really caught my eye, too, is that 19% of the 18 to 24 demographic said they were reading fewer e-books than when they first started reading ebooks. Uh, so they've declined in the number of ebooks they're reading. And that was by far the highest percentage among all the groups uh, and well above the 14% of book buyers who overall said they too are reading fewer ebooks. Well, you know, as somebody with a, a, a soft spot for the analog world, these are fascinating numbers. And when we talk about the digital fatigue, what do you think is driving this for books? More and more content is consumed digitally without fatigue. So are there any clues why books could be an exception? Well, you're exactly right. You know, both the music and home video industries, uh, to name a couple, are continuing to increase their digital markets. Uh, and, and spending has actually reached record revenue shares, uh, 70% for the music industry and 59% for video. Uh, yet book buyers have taken a different path. And Hildick Smith believes this is because of the current limitations of the digital device reading experience, whether that's a tablet, a smartphone, or a dedicated reading device. And I think that seems, no, I think that's right. It's 
it seems fairly obvious to me because with music or video, the experience is actually not markedly different, right? Uh, listening to a song or watching a screen, that experience is really not impacted by how the content is actually delivered digitally or not, though digital actually is an improvement in many cases. You know, you don't get the terrestrial problems that you had with, with radios not coming in, etc. But I have to add, too, that, you know, vinyl just sounds better, period, end of story. <laughs> I won't go in any more into that, but vinyl sounds better. But back to the point, even at the peak of the digital book market in 2014, Hildick Smith reports that only 4% of book buyers read digital books exclusively. Uh, I'm tempted to say the print is the vinyl of the book business because it's just a better experience. But I think it goes a little beyond that uh, because as Hildick Smith notes, the digital device reading experience varies widely uh, by the type of device that ebook readers are using. Uh, dedicated ebook devices like, you know, the early nooks and the Kindles uh, are the clear choice for ebook readers. But those devices are actually in decline, the survey showed. And by contrast, tablets, which are owned by, you know, fully two thirds, about 67% of book buyer households, only account for about 28% of ebook reading time. And smartphones, which are owned by 73% of book buyers, only account for 12% of all ebook reading time. Uh, and I think this reinforces a point that I've actually made for some time that, you know, yeah, you can buy a tablet and you can read a book on a tablet, but that's not why you get one. Uh, you know, there's so many other things you can do on your tablet. You know, reading a book may be towards the bottom of, the, of your choices there. Uh, and as the ownership and usage of dedicated e-reading devices declines, uh, Hildick Smith says he predicts e-book sales are going to continue to decline further. Well, uh, I guess now we, we are both members of the Analog Formats uh, Club, and I, guess <laughs> I can understand your love for the vinyl, too. And we'll look forward uh, to that report on Monday. So, meanwhile, also in Monday's issue of Publishers Weekly is a preview of the upcoming American Libraries Association annual conference in Orlando, Florida. That's right. It's our big ALA preview feature package that will be in Monday's issue. And in it, we look at everything from the main speaker program, which includes Margaret Atwood, who I have to say I'm very excited to hear speak this year. But notably, I think it includes two young people uh, on the main stage who are really changing the world. And, and I mean young. Uh, Maya Penn is a teenager who started her own company that creates eco-friendly clothes. And she started that company at age eight. And now at the ripe old age of 15, she has her first book coming out from Simon and & Schuster. Uh, and Jazz Jennings will also be on the program, who is a five-year-old transitioned to life as a girl, and now as a teenager has become a leader in transgender advocacy. Uh, and Jazz also has a memoir coming out talking about her life and her advocacy in the transgender movement. In addition you know, to the speakers on the main stage, we have a, a feature interview with a, a librarian, author, and professor named David Lankis, whose new book is The Field Guide to Librarianship uh, that was just published by MIT. There's a piece on a group called Every Library, which you may, our readers may know. It's a national political action committee that raises money and, and lobbies for good results from local library initiatives, whether it be a, a mill levy in a small town in Montana or for a, a, a bigger budget initiative in cities like New Orleans or Miami. Uh, and of course, we have a, a piece on panel and program picks from PW contributor Brian Kenny, and a piece that also looks at some more top line numbers from PW's recently closed survey of public librarians. All right. So we did talk a little bit about that survey last week on the show. And I wonder whether or not uh, you're finding digital fatigue has settled in among the library community. 
Interesting. You know, so far it doesn't appear so because, you know, as you know, and our listeners probably will know, libraries are, of course, doing more and more with digital content. But the survey did reveal some fascinating insight into the digital realm. For one, you know, sort of tracking with Hildick Smith's findings, we found that print is certainly holding its own in libraries. Uh, nearly half of respondent libraries reported an increase in book circulation. That's print book circulation. Uh, but ebooks in libraries continue to show strong growth too. Overall, 87% of our respondents said that ebook circulation was still growing. However, 56% of those respondents said that the rate of ebook growth was slowing. But what is more interesting to me is that the majority of library ebook circulations are being posted by a fairly small number of users. According to the data we got from our survey, nearly two-thirds of respondents, about 62%, reported that 10% or less of their patrons actually check out ebooks. And another 30% of respondents put the number of ebook circulations between 10% and 25%. And I find that a really fascinating number because total circulation of ebooks is posted to quote uh, Overdrive CEO Steve Potash. And Overdrive, of course, is the leader in library ebook lending has posted a hockey stick growth. In other words, it's gone straight up at a really steep angle. Yet ebook users still make up a fairly small percentage of library patrons. Now, can that be related to digital fatigue? It's hard to say at this point from our data, but most of the common complaints in our survey are that the checkout and the usage process for ebooks and libraries is just too cumbersome. So if this small dedicated band of ebook readers and libraries still finds ebooks cumbersome to use, you can only imagine the number of potential ebook readers who are not even bothering to navigate the process, who are logging onto their library's website, trying to download ebooks, and just giving up. Uh, you know, none of this was foreseeable only a few years ago, Andrew. Everybody really did believe in the ebook revolution, and now we're sort of finding out that the consequences are, in many ways, not what we thought they would be. So we look forward to all of this uh, and much more from PW, those survey results and so forth. And on a final note, Publishers Weekly has reported this week that BookCon, uh, the consumer trade book show that's been a part of BEA for the last couple of years, has expanded and is now going to be part of an event during Comic-Con in October. Absolutely. You know, as we expected, and I think a sign of sort of the growing consumer popularity and marketing clout of BookCon. Uh, so the tag for the conference is BookCon at NYCC, which of course is New York Comic Con. Uh, and the show is scheduled to take place from October 6th to 9th during New York City. The BookCon event will be held at the Hudson Mercantile, a separate space near the Javits Center. And access to BookCon NYCC, as it's called, is going to be included as part of the New York Comic Con badge. Uh, and the event's going to include a series of panels with authors and autograph sessions and, and meet and greets with authors. So I think we still have a lot of questions about how exactly this is all going to work. Uh, for example, to attend BookCon, you have to have a ticket to the entire New York Comic Con. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be one-day passes or special event passes yet, so I wonder how that's going to work. Uh, but right now, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think any event that helps publishers and authors engage directly with consumers is a good thing. So stay tuned for more on this in the coming weeks. Well, I think you're right about that. Engagement is clearly critical for the future of books and uh, authors with their readers uh, in the same spot is, is a good place to start all of that. Andrew Albany, senior writer for Publishers Weekly. He joins us every Friday on Beyond the Book. And pleasure having you today. My pleasure, as always. 
Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center with its subsidiaries Rights Direct in the Netherlands and Ixis in the United Kingdom. CCC is a global leader in content workflow, document delivery, text and data mining, and rights licensing technology. You can follow Beyond the Book on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to the free podcast series on iTunes or at our website, beyondthebook.com. Our engineer and co-producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. Mm-hmm.